0: All right, good morning again, good morning. and um, good to be again in the house of the Lord. Yes, I thank you, uh, worship team, for, for leading us in a time of worship. Um, I've sprung a surprise on them, though. I switched my message on them. But even so, that's fine, because we were uh, in God's presence, and, and He is here amongst us, and we... And we worship him. Um, Over the last two days, I've been impressed differently in terms of what I would speak um, this morning to us as a congregation. And so my thoughts were drawn to this passage in Luke. Uh, It's almost like a pre-Christmassy passage for us uh, as we think about next month. But over the last week, um, I've been in three days of meetings at the think tank. Uh, we were up uh, by Idlewild, and we had, uh, there were about nine of us. And a lot of what we were discussing had to do with something different and new that we wanted to consider for distance education and training of, uh, of uh, men and women in the church in India but not through a formal residential program. So we began to think of a lot of new things and how we would approach it. Um, And in some some sense, we were exploring new ground uh, and and something different and and we're excited about it. And as I continued in that uh, frame of thinking uh, and thinking about this Sunday, my thoughts went to this passage. In Luke chapter 1 and verses 57 onwards. And so, the title for this morning's uh, message is When God Visits. When God Visits. What do we expect when God visits? He's got an agenda. God has always got his agenda going. uh, With or without us. And the question is, are we working with his agenda? Um... And we might be at a point where we're asking that question. So what is God all about? Um, And how should we align ourselves as a church, as a community, as his people, to understand what is God doing? But within that broad framework, we at least begin to get a sense of what God, what happens when God visits. And uh, through history, Beginning, you know, you go back into scripture and God always intervenes in the life of his people. And it is good that we ask for him to intervene in our life, in the life of this church. Um, And pray towards it. Spend time in prayer asking for God to visit. And I would challenge us right at the outset, church, let's get back to praying for God to visit. We don't give that up. And I think back to the times we've spent in prayer. And we don't want to lose that. We must earnestly seek for God to visit. And in, in fact, what I'm probably starting off right at the very beginning is to challenge you to make a commitment to coming together for prayer. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to mean that you give up on something else, but we must meet for prayer. And when we meet for prayer and seek God's face earnestly, If you think about that passage, you know, the first few verses, Zechariah was the one leading that time of prayer. And he was in God's presence when the angel of the Lord came to him and brought God's word to him. Zechariah, as a priest, was in God's house leading that time of prayer. And if we want something to happen, we begin there. In one sense, we go back to the basics. We don't give up. We don't feel like this is, you know, this is it, that the waters are covering us and overwhelming us. We go back to praying and seeking earnestly for God to visit. And he will. So, what happens when God visits? And that brings us to verse 57 onwards. We know the story, and I'm not going to, to, to run through that again for us. But we know that this is about the time that uh, Jesus is going to be born. Um, God has come to Elizabeth, to, to Zechariah, and Elizabeth. And, uh, and Elizabeth has been struggling. In fact, the whole family has been struggling because Elizabeth is barren and they're getting on in age. Reminds you much of Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament. And, and there's just this sense of, of despondency that has crept into their lives. There's a sense of, ah, we don't know, you know, people are talking about us, nothing is happening in our lives, uh, and so on and so forth. And then uh, all of a sudden, out of the blue, as Zechariah is praying, God visits and brings a word to them. And then as that word comes to fulfillment, in the life of uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. This is what we pick up from this narrative uh, as Luke brings it to us. The first thing that happens when God visits is simply this, life happens. Life happens. And just think about it. As you think of Abraham, as uh, as you think of Sarah, and as you think of Elizabeth, Really, there was deadness, there was barrenness. there was no life in their wombs. And Elizabeth in Elizabeth's womb, there was no life. When all around, everybody was expecting, "Ah, you, you, and you know how our, sometimes our cultures are in our societies, and you're looked at, you're pointed, you're, poked, you're, you're, you're made fun of, there's ridicule. Um, and trying to deal with all of that, out of the blue, God says... I'm visiting you and life is going to happen. Life is going to be born within you, Elizabeth. Where there is no hope, I bring you hope. Where there is sadness, I bring you joy. Where there is mourning, there will be tears of gladness. And that is really what happens when God visits and we must earnestly seek after for God to visit. Don't just sit back thinking, hopefully, something happens at some point. No. We need to be proactive. And and that's part of what Scripture enjoins us to do that we must be engaged in wrestling with God. Don't give up wrestling with God. No matter where we are, church, don't give up wrestling with God. Strive with Him. On our knees. You know, it's easy for us to look back and say, it's all, what's happened? But God, you know, when God is part of it and we earnestly desire for him to become part or at least for us to begin to do what he wants us to do, life bursts forth in the wilderness. It springs up within and it overwhelms and it, it, it springs up. In, it's, it's, a, it's a spring of life welling up within us. And life bursts forth. And that's what happens to, uh, to Elizabeth. And all because God was part of it. We may even look around us at all that's happening today in our countries. And say, ah, it's just darkness as well. And maybe you're feeling that this time this week, especially. But you know what, when the church is engaging with God and striving with God, the church becomes, you and I, we become the vessels through which life enters into our communities and into our world. But it begins here. Life also means growth, doesn't it? And movement, it's not just simply activity, but it is, it is vitality. It is, it is a movement that has purpose. It's not just simply shaking around, but it is movement forward, it's movement growing. It's, it's, it's a growth movement that we're seeing and a maturing. And I would invite each of us to commit to seeking after God for his life to well up within us and in this church. But life happens when God visits, undoubtedly. And we may even begin to ask the question, when was the last time God visited? It's a tough question. But we might well, we might be, you know, it, it might be good for us to ask that time, when did you visit last, God? And so life happens and it bursts forth when God comes, or it just emerges slowly, not necessarily even bursts forth. But it it begins to be born, and it begins to grow and to mature. And then there's a second thing that happens when God visits, and it's linked to this whole first bit of, of life happens. But here's the second thing, new things begin to happen. And as you read through that, or new thinking happens, as you begin to read through that passage, you, we get a sense that as God, as, as life is born in, in Elizabeth and, and God brings that life and uh, the, you know, John the Baptist is, is, is born and they've, uh, they've, they've brought the child to be circumcised. And then it says in verse 59, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered and said, no, thank God for mothers. His mother says, no, 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 no. If I remember what the angel said, his name is to be John, called John, not Zachariah. And then everybody again looks and says, what strange family is this? This is an odd family. Because none of your relatives is called by this name, John. Then John doesn't feature in any of our families. Where does John come from? Because tradition had it, that if a male child was born in a Jewish family, he would take on the name of his father or some close male relative. So typically, he should have been called Binay Zechariah, son of Zechariah. No, really. If you're wondering where all that bin comes from. No, seriously. The bin Laden type of thing? No, really. No, I'm serious. It means son of whoever. Oh, it should have been Bin Jacob, or I don't know, whatever it might have been. But see what God is doing. God doesn't care for the ways we have always done stuff, huh? God doesn't, I mean, traditions are good, up to a point. But beyond that, God says, I'm in the business of doing something new. You can keep doing what you want, but if you keep doing what you think is best, based on tradition and how we have always done stuff, then God says, you're probably not aligned with me. And God says, I'm in the business of doing something different. So, I don't care if your name is Zachariah, Zachariah, his name is going to be John. And God says, I reserve the right to make that decision. It's not up to you. And God says, when I'm part of this life, bringing life into you, then I'm also in the business of making you think differently. So new thinking is always a part of God's economy. God is not happy with just the way it was always. The problem is humans were so caught up with our traditions And, uh, you know, a certain way of having done something because it worked sometime in the past. And God says, no, 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 no. Let's move you in a different direction. But you need to get on board with me. And I will show you what that new direction is. And if you're hearing the underlying message, get on our knees and say, God, what is the new thing you would have us do so that this life that you've given us grows? And there's something unique taking place because we have committed to seeking your face and allowing you to work in our midst. So what is that new thing that God would have agape do? I don't know because we need to seek him on that. But what is that new thing God would have us do so this life that he's given us begins to well up. I think it is uh, Hyundai that has its, as its, uh, its logo new thinking, new possibilities. I keep seeing that ad every time in India. And it's new thinking and new possibilities. There's a little quote I'd like us to, to, uh, to just read. We must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us or rather that God has for us. So we must be willing to let go to live. We must be willing to let go to grow. We must be willing to let go because that is what God is all about. So what is the new thing God would have us do? What is it that we're willing to let go? But then that calls for some sort of analysis as well. At least some sort of, 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 uh, of introspection before God and then seeking his face for movement forward. And so when God visits, life happens and when God visits, new thinking happens. A new way of doing things comes into play. And there's newness. And so Zechariah and Elizabeth are quite happy to work with what God wanted them to. In spite of the challenges, in spite of obstacles that they may have faced with their, with, with their relatives, they're saying, no, this is it. And, and uh, Zechariah takes the tablet and he says, his name is John. And that's when he begins to, he begins to speak. Um, there's a life that comes into him as well as he walks in obedience to what God wants them to do. But remember, we must inquire of God what it is he wants us to do. And again, if you're reading between the lines, it doesn't happen unless we come together and seek God's face intensely, earnestly, with a deep desire that he does have something in mind for this church and for this congregation. And we cannot let go of that. We must hold steadfast in prayer and seeking God. And then the third thing that happens when God visits and, and all of this is taking place, you know, life is, 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 is uh, um, Elizabeth's womb uh, is filled with life and she gives birth and there's something different that God says, do, do, do this differently. His name is John, not Zechariah. And then as that happens, witness takes place. Witness takes place. Look at what it says towards the end of that passage. First of all, it says, and fear came on all the neighbors. Verse 65. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was upon him. And that's the natural outflow of God's working in our midst, isn't it? We don't have to push ourselves into a false state of of trying to um of, of trying to um force a witness. It happens automatically. Because people look at us and begin to ask the questions. What's happening in Agape? Haven't seen something like this before. What's, what's going on with that group of people that meet regularly? They meet for prayer. I mean, there's something happening. And so witness becomes a natural outflow of what God is doing in our midst. And it doesn't have to be a forced witness. I remember... Growing up in, um, you know, going going to university in the city of New Delhi, and um, was part of youth groups and and uh, a youth movement in uh, in Delhi, and one of the things that you know, they made us feel guilty if we did not go and force somebody with the gospel. No, seriously. And I sort of resented it because to me it seemed like no, it should be something that comes naturally, shouldn't it? I shouldn't have to take the four laws. <laughs> And of how you present the gospel and sit down with somebody and stuff it down their throat. That's an unnatural form of witness, if you ask me. Witnesses, witnessing best happens when people ask the questions of us. Are people asking questions about us? Are we just part of the crowd? Being swayed by everything that's around us and just... You know, going with the crowd. So nobody sees anything unique and different in us. But that's what happens when God visits. Witness becomes a natural outflow. And we begin to see further growth. Because people are looking at us and saying, I want to be part of what's going on in agape. Agape. But that doesn't happen unless we seek God earnestly and pray, plead, cry that he will visit. And when God finds that we are an obedient group, when it comes to meeting with him and praying with him and dedicating that time, that holy time of prayer and saying, God, we want you to come and visit, God will give us new direction, he will bring life, and he will bring growth, because people see what's happening, how committed will you be to praying, and I will ask that straight up front, Believe me, you can't go on like this. We can't go on like this. And I might have some liberty to say that, though I fully don't understand sometimes. But I believe this is the word of the Lord. And it begins with the small group, with what the word of God calls the remnant. Because that is where life continues. But we want that life to grow we want that life to burst forth. We want people to look at this group and say, wow, I want to be part of that. May I encourage us to be on our knees. Not just for the Sunday, but through the week, as God allows and brings us to that time of prayer and waiting on him. It's not about activity, really. It's about who we are. It's about being in God's presence and allowing him to visit us. It may take some time and that's fine. But pray that and earnestly that God will visit. For when he does, Life happens. New thinking, new opportunities, and great, powerful witness. Let us be a people who seek earnestly for God to visit. Shall we pray?